This is why we are always going after your heart, always going after your heart, always going after your heart, so that here may be captured by the grace of God. And then this may happen in the life of our church and all the things that God has called you to. Today is a morning for celebrating that happening in the souls of six of our people. So you're going to hear from each of them and then receive from them what the Spirit is doing in them as an encouragement that he intends for the same to be happening in you. All right, first we're going to hear from Sarah Gagnon. Sarah's going to come up. Sarah's one of those people that's very quiet, very steady. And then she, when she begins to speak, it's all of a sudden she's like seven and a half feet tall. She, she led our women at the well this past month, past month. I got to read her manuscript. She sent it to me, and I read the first two sentences. I was all in. I was all in. Um, she's been a beautiful servant to the church, and she's going to kick us off. Right there. Good morning. Um, my name is Sarah. For those of you who don't know me, um, my husband Eric and I have been coming here for six years now. We have three kids, Jude, Ada, and Geneva. They are five four and two, so we're busy. Um, We're in the throes of potty training and sippy cups and all that stuff. Um, When I think about this past year and what God has been um, teaching me, the the words that came to my mind were waiting and trusting. This whole year has been um, kind of a period of just waiting for us and not knowing um, the future, not that anyone can know the future, but not knowing what was coming for our family. Um, we've considered moving closer to family. We've considered a career change. We've considered moving to the Netherlands this year. Um, and with every idea and with every um, question, the answer has always just seemed to be wait. Just wait. Um, we also live in a home that's, uh, we have some neighbors who are very hostile towards us because our children make children's type of noises. Um, So that has been kind of a very frustrating thing for us. And it seems like every time we have tried to find something new or to move on, the answer has always been wait. Um, And so with that waiting has come a lot of questions. Um, And so the Lord has been teaching me to just trust that he uh, is in charge of everything. Trust that what he's doing in our family is for our discipline and for our good, and that I need to be thankful for the gift of his discipline in our lives. Um, another thing he's been teaching me is that each day is not necessarily what I thought the day was going to be like, the day that I wanted it to be, but the day that he is giving to me. So day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, it's what he is giving to me, what he has ordained for me that day, and that it all passes through his fingers before it comes to me. Um, I read this quote um, from Hubert Van Zeller. He said, when a person interrupts what you're doing, you ought to recognize a representative of Christ. When the dog, or in my case, the two-year-old, is seen getting under the sofa with tonight's dessert... You at once assume that God wants you to put aside the half hour you've been looking forward to to make another dessert. So God's been teaching me that the interruptions in my life, the things that I didn't plan, the things that I um, don't like even, are for my good. 
for my discipline that each day he's giving me um, day by day. Uh, He's also been showing me that um, the mundane things in my life, the laundry, the dishes, the diapers, the sippy cups, the driving, the groceries, are all um, seemingly trivial, and yet they are somehow eternally significant. They're significant in my life for my discipline and my shaping and also in my children's life for their nurture and their care. Um, so in, in summary of my year, um, all I see is waiting and trusting in the Lord, um, looking at the big picture of eternity so that all of my tasks are done to his glory and in light of eternity. All right. Uh, next is Levi. He's up here, right? Okay. You will not find a better servant of the church or a better encouragement to the young men and the old men in the life of the church than the way that Levi has done whatever, whatever was needed to serve you in invisible ways that you don't know about in the last year, and then just a steady, simple, big faith presence in our lives. So we're rejoicing in God's grace and giving him to us and let him share with us. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Uh, so my name is Levi. I've been here for about two years now, and uh, I'm just so thankful for this church community and just really wanted to express that today, how thankful I am. Um, I think over this, over these two years I've been here, and maybe this past year specifically, I have just come to another understanding of, of gospel wakefulness. We use that term a lot here in this church, and it's something that I've really kind of noticed uh, learning more about as I've been here, and, and just learning to live in and, and dwell in the gospel. And so I, I grew up in the church, um, so I was really blessed with that, and, and I you know, was saved when I was younger, and have always been a part of the church. Um, but what I've come to understand more and more as I've been here is this idea of gospel wakefulness, is that um, we're constantly learning more about uh, our own sin and our own brokenness, and and just what that um, yeah what that looks like to to be fully dependent on a savior on somebody that I've you know I can't ever repay or I can't ever uh, live up to what I need to do uh, to to earn that salvation but He's given that freely and I just want to give thanks for this church because in, in all the ways that I've been able to serve or have been served I've constantly been been learning that so with the student ministry. Um, being able to serve with that and, and see all the kids really dig deep into the scriptures and, and ask serious and thoughtful questions, you know, mixed in with all the goofy questions that they do ask has been really encouraging to me in the gospel community to share life with men and women and, and see how they're living out the gospel and, um, and seeing how they're uh, working towards living all for Jesus. And then in the men's track as well, um, just uh, that I'm a part of this year. Being, a, being able to confess sin and live in the light with other men has been such an amazing um, encouragement for me. So I'm just, yeah, I, I'm so thankful for all that. Um, and I'm thankful, too, for the, just the truth that, you know, what I'm really trying to understand more is that Jesus has already overcome everything. He's finished it. He's finished yeah. the work on the cross. <clears throat> And for whatever reason, it's so hard for me just to live there and understand that. 
but uh, slowly and surely the Spirit has been reminding me of that daily and weekly. As I come here on Sundays, I'm always reminded of that. And throughout the week when I'm spending time you know, with you in whatever areas that looks like, I'm constantly being reminded of that. And it's been such a blessing to <laughs> just to grow. I, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just I'm so thankful uh, to have this community. Um, it's been great. So uh, thank you so much. All right. Suzanne's going to come up. Suzanne is that awesome person that when she walks in the room, it's like 16 people just walked in the room. <laughs> and everybody knows they're about to, to smile big, but also be deeply loved. I mean, deeply loved. And so she's been just an unbelievable gift to our church um, to just rocket the, the grace and the honesty and the love of Christ toward us. So she's going to. Hi. Um, I'm Suzanne Boucher. Well, that was my married name. I'm now divorced, so I'm back to Boucher. Um, and my children are Casey and Henry. Um, so I had to write it down because I, I go in circles. Same with cleaning my house. It never goes smoothly. Okay, so this is what I'm going to say. I've been coming to Seven Mile Road for approximately four years, maybe five. I take vitamin B12 now. That helps with the memory. Um, I was introduced by Stephanie Pothier, and that's when my life began. I was baptized two years ago, maybe three. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, That was on Easter, and it was a day I'll never forget. Growing up Catholic, I faithfully went to church every Sunday and novena on Tuesdays. That was to honor Mary. I listened to the homily, which was approximately 10 to 15 minutes long. If it was longer, you would choose a different mass. It all depended on the priest. Um, you wanted to go to church to avoid sinning, but you didn't want to be there more than 45 minutes. I continued to go to church three to four times a week in college and was quite involved. I truly believed in God but didn't know anything about the word of God or why I was doing this. I married a non-believer and stopped going to church. Once I was introduced to Seven Mile Road and the life and mission of the church, I had meaning in my life again. I felt like, I, that I felt like we were all a family here. Everyone was so friendly and genuine. Everyone seemed to want to get to know me and my children. It made me want to get more involved with the community. I felt intimidated at first, but welcomed the days and years ahead. I joined a gospel community with women and men who knew the gospel and took the time to help me slowly dissect verses of the Bible. It allowed me to ask questions, and slowly I'm learning the meaning of what God intended for the Bible to say. That's a work in progress. I had no idea what any of it meant. I didn't even know some of the things that actually you knew you were supposed to believe, but actually are like written in the Bible. So that was tricky. (laughs) Um, It made me want to read the Bible and share it with my children. One challenge is having two very different children. One who is open-minded to who God is and the other who doesn't really believe or understand it and doesn't want to try. That has been very difficult for me, and I will continue to pray that God will soften her heart so that she can hear the words. 
I'm PMS too. <laughs> Truth. Um, my gospel community has been, have been true friends and sisters. They pray for me in challenging times. <laughs> And I know I can reach out to them when I need support. Why am I the only one who cried? <laughs> one thing that I've had trouble with as a Christian was sin. I often felt that I was a terrible sinner and felt embarrassed confessing in front of the group, feeling that they are better people than I was. They taught me that sin was sin and God forgives us all. Being part of a gospel community in is such an important and special part of the mission of this church. And I need my brothers and sisters to continue to teach me and grow with me. I have so many things to offer others, and I believe that Jesus is working in my soul to let it all out. Christ has worked in my soul in allowing me to share my love for Jesus. I am not afraid to ask people to come to church with me or ask them if they believe in God. I actually, one of the, I'm a nurse, one of the questions in, like, church, in my um, admission thing is, like, do you, like, have a religious pre- preference or believe in God? And I'm always like, oh, you're from Waltham. There's a new church that just opened. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, there was a little old lady. She keeps coming back. And I'm like, oh, did you go to church yet? But anyways, um, I also tell people who, who are having a tough time that I will pray for them even if I know they are not believers. I am not afraid of responses, and hopefully one by one they will believe. All right, my mom's going to come up. There is no seven-mile road without the way that my parents have served and loved you. If you've not taken advantage of just spending time with them and closing your mouth and listening, you should do that just to hear about the faithfulness and the grace of God to them. Hi, my name is Marta Cruz, and you know who I am. How have you seen Christ at work in your soul as you believe the gospel and give yourself to the life and mission of this church? That was the question presented my answer. (laughs) He has worked on my soul in three very specific ways. Number one, removing fear. Being fearful is sinful, and many times I have been filled with fear, especially, of course, concerning my children and my grandchildren. As I go before the Lord for them, I have an idea of what should be happening. I have an idea of where the Lord should be directing their steps. I have an idea of what I want to see as a product of what they're doing. And sometimes I don't see it, and the fear arises in my soul. And this year, the Lord has given me this powerful word from Isaiah fourteen twenty four: The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying... Surely as I have thought, so shall it be. It shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so it shall stand. Wow, that was a wonderful promise. But then I started saying to the Lord, what are your thoughts? Are they my thoughts? 
are you sure that your thoughts for them are the right way? And so I deal with that often, and the Lord has been just working and working and working and assuring me that his thoughts are good thoughts. Another area that he has been working my soul is removing doubt. Doubt is also sinful. And sometimes this year I have felt in looking around at the world that we're living in and the world that my grandchildren are growing in has been horrible. And I doubt and I say, well, where are you, God? Just like many of you do, right? We do. And the Lord has also given me this wonderful scripture from the word that says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, at least in any of you, an evil threat of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardening through the deceitfulness of sin. And we've heard that from this pulpit these last couple of months over and over again, and I appreciate that. And I still feel that the Lord then has been telling me, don't let doubt and the sinfulness of sin around you rob you from what I have given you. Then the last area of my life that has been really um, torn apart is my selfishness, my desire to quit, and my covetedness. So this year I retired, and I have lots of peers that have retired, and they're traveling the world, and I want to travel the world. And I've seen I get tired, you know, I get tired, and I always feel like, God, why do I have to carry all these hard things on my back? You know, why don't you just give them to someone else? Let somebody else be the person who carries these burdens. I'm done. I've prayed. I've read my Bible. I've served the church. I'm done. And the Lord reminds me that that's not, I am not done. And We're studying the book of Isaiah together in a women's group that I go to. And when I see the task that God gave Isaiah to go out there and just give words to the people of Israel that were really hard, and then he even said to Isaiah, and you have to strip, and you have to repent, and he didn't do anything. But he was representing his the people God had sent him for. And I felt, okay, God, you're not asking me to strip or to go into shackles and ashes, so I'll take the burdens, and I just want to honor you in everything I do. The word of God says, it says, let your conduct be without covetedness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So I boldly say, like the word of God tells me to, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So those are the ways that God has been dealing with my life. And I just wanted to close with that. There's 
four specific ways that he deals with me. First of all, I am so thankful for the Holy Spirit. It's a real, real thing, you know. It lives within us, powerful. Um, And I love that song that says, it's the voice of truth. And I just am so grateful that the Holy Spirit constantly strives with me, constantly showing me where I'm going wrong and gently bringing me back to the gospel of Jesus. I am humbled as I listen to the Holy Spirit. I am humbled at how much God loves me. And so the Holy Spirit, I pray, will always be loud within me, and I would be able to hear it. The second part is his word. God loves me so much that he has given me his word. And yes, guess what? His thoughts. So I know when I'm reading that his thoughts for me are good and for my good and for my family's good. So as I read and believe, my soul is healed. As I read his word, I learn that not only is this gospel for my good, but once I am free and in relationship with God, I do have a responsibility to others. And then through prayer, I pray constantly. And I know sometimes my family, even my son Matthew, um, sometimes thinks that my prayers are frivolous. But I guess what? I really do expect God to answer them. The silly prayers. When Callie gets into my car and we're going to go food shopping, we pray, God, let me be wise. I have 70 bucks. How far is it going to go? When I drop the kids off at school, God, keep them. Whatever I do, I really do pray. Not only because I'm expecting God to do things, but mostly because I want him to be a part of my life. I want to know that we're in communion together. I want to know that every minute of my life, he's hearing me, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm hearing him. And the fourth thing is the gathering of believers. This is so very important that we walk into this place on a weekly basis and we look at each other's eyes and we say we're all in the fight together. We're all loving God together. We're all failing together, but we lift each other up. And in our gospel communities, it's the same thing. Every time I walk in here and every time I'm in my gospel community, I feel like the Lord says, okay, here's another opportunity, Margaret. How will you serve me? And I pray, I pray with all my heart that I'm serving you well, that you're serving me well, and that we're encouraging each other in the gospel of Jesus. Amen. I don't make a habit of, dis- of dissing my mother's prayer life. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, you know how when the tide comes in, all the boats rise? That is Jeremy and Tracy. Their arrival in the life of our church was just like the fastest tide. Boom. And I just feel like all the boats rose with what they were ready to give and how they were ready uh, to love us. So take for us. Good morning. Um, I'm Jeremy, obviously my wife Tracy, and my three kids. Um, We've been here for about two years now. Um, 
when I first came here, I was in a spot of disappointment, um, a lot of frustration, um, a lot that had not even been articulated. Um, I'm an introvert. I like to keep things to myself. Um, and so that just stirs inside um, and just sits there. And that can be very corrosive. Um, coming here has been a breath of fresh air from the Spirit um, in my life, uh, in my wife's life. Um, it has been, um, every now and then, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, you go somewhere and you're just at home. And all the, the connotations of home, the safety, the joy, the love, um, many of which we experienced this weekend with families, that was what God had offered us here. Um, and that's what we have continued to experience here. Um, the last year or two has not been without difficulty. Um, obviously, disappointment doesn't go away overnight, even when God is working. Um, but there have been three huge graces um, that God has put into my life over the last year and two years that has reminded me um, how to believe the gospel daily, which is really hard work, um, and how not to, not to give up in the, in the long obedience in him. And, and the first grace that he has provided is my wife. This church has been amazing for my wife, allowing her to go through the chaos track. Her going through that track was such an encouragement to me and a challenge to me um, to see her grow and flourish and, and the way that she loves other people um, has been God's grace uh, in my life. Um, community has been huge. My wife and I, one of the things that, that we love is being in community with other people. That's just been just a part of who we are and how we've been formed. Um, and I am so thankful for the guys I get to spend Monday nights with. Um, in community group, in, in gospel community, um, the honesty, the, the challenge um, that they have been in my life, the encouragement uh, that they have been able to be in my life uh, to grow me and to challenge me into maturity and to keep going and to keep loving my family, to keep following after the gospel, um, that has been an invaluable grace um, over the last uh, year or two in my life. Um, and the third, uh, the third grace that God has poured into my life is the Psalms. I think sometimes um, we brush over the Psalms. It's all singing and praise. But in the Psalms, I have, I have found a voice with God yeah. to articulate some really deep things that go on in my life. Some of the real honest things, what I love about the Psalms is their honesty. They don't whitewash following God. Um, they lay it out there. This is hard, and I feel abandoned. This is how often many of the Psalms start, and it ends with, but God is on his throne, and I will praise him, and I will continue to trust in you. And God, through the Psalms in this past year, year and a half, has been able to to build a faith that is deep and is, is lasting, doesn't always come out in flowers and, and all those wonderful things, um, but it's deep and it's sustaining and it's life-giving because no matter what, God is on his throne and he is in control of our lives 
and the things that happen to us don't have the final word in our life, but God himself has the final word, and he speaks that final word for us. Um, and those are some of the ways God has been growing me and showing me grace over this past year, year and a half, and I've been extremely thankful. All right, and Jess, who was doing double duty, teaching downstairs and hustling up to be with us, um, you cannot but immediately be encouraged in just hanging out with and spending time with Jess. Uh, we're doing the Kalos track together this year, and she just immediately lifts your spirits, and not simply through her high energy, but through the realness of who she is and where she struggles, saying, but I'm going to believe Christ right there. So, um, Jess, go for it. Good morning. Uh, it's been a while since I've publicly spoken, so don't mind if I stutter and I have it all written down. Um, and then to follow amazing believers like Margaret and Jeremy. I don't, oh my goodness. Uh, so, my husband is Roy. He's downstairs right now. And we've been coming here a little under two years. We were kind of recruited by the Alexanders to come here. Um, and it's just been amazing, and we were pretty burnt out in serving from our last church. We were serving with the babies every week, and, you know, no one really seemed to care that we were really the only ones doing it, and um, in a church of three, four hundred, it didn't make sense to us why we were serving every week, so coming here uh, and just seeing the community and spirit of seven mile made us just want to jump right in and serving so uh, i've been on worship and roy and i serve with the kids and it's been a blessing that so many people here serve and that we get to be blessed with the kids every six weeks um is just very encouraging into what the life and community of a church should be when it comes to serving uh that meant a lot to us and uh, we joined a gospel community shortly after, and just being connected to a small church is so life-giving, and it means a lot to us. Um, so from the previous church, along with the kids, but within worship, I had a lot of hurt and security that came from serving worship in the last church, um, just very insecure about my ability and, you know, to even worship or sing or anything, but... A lot of that has been healed here with how the worship and the heart of the worship team is. Um, I have felt encouraged and supported, valued, and beyond sounding good, which, you know, they do. Um, they, above that, they, were, they care about just glorifying God, you know. And if they mess up, it's like as long as we glorify God, it's okay. And that's kind of rare to find nowadays where church is about. A lot of churches are more about bringing people in and being showy and, you know, attractive in worship, and it's more of a show than true worship, and that's so beautiful to have here. Um, and so Roy and I serve downstairs with the toddlers, and the amount of children in this church is just so amazing. I love kids. Like, the children's moment is my favorite time. I just watch all of them. I'm not creepy, I promise. <laughs> um... <laughs> But being able to love them and get to know more families through serving, I tend to know parents by their kids. Like, oh, I don't know this adult, but if you tell me their child, I will know who they are then. And that's just so beautiful. And just seeing a church so dedicated to serving and building on the lives of children has taught me 
a lot about what I value in a church and community and Christian lifestyle that's often um, overlooked and understated. It's undervalued the way that we do church here and the way we love others and children. And as Matt said, I'm also part of the Kalos track this year. It's, um, you probably explained at year-long group about femininity and being a godly woman and a biblical woman. And this could not be at a better time because this has been easily the hardest year of my life and um, experiencing, you know, pretty bad mental illness that I've been struggling with and first year of marriage, which is crazy hard. Uh, you learn a lot about what a terrible person you are. Um, <laughs> so I learned a lot about my brokenness, my weakness, and my need for Christ has just been exposed in a huge way that I never thought um, I needed, you know, and uh, just being broken to a point that I never thought would happen and uh, having this Kalos track, having this community to just keep me going has been crazy and having God, of course, I've never had to lean on him this much, and so I think that that's, you know, the reason, you know, going through this trial, he has shown me how broken and incapable I am, and speaking to Jeremy, talking about the Psalms, it's kind of been my lifeline this past year, and uh, it's just been encouraging the ups and downs, and knowing that, you know, I can be open, I can be vulnerable, and I won't be judged, I'll be loved and cared for and prayed for, is it's just a blessing um so i've learned i have a lot to learn about being a godly woman wife and trusting god in the face of trial um when you're left with nothing you know god is there and that's definitely something that god has shown me and he's been very gracious in providing roy and i with relationships that have been supportive but also spoken biblical truth into our lives because that's something that you know, I think we all need is someone who's constantly reiterating the Bible and biblical truth and scripture and to you. So he's blessed us with a community that goes beyond just a Sunday experience. That's just, oh, I come for Sunday, I have small talk, and then I leave. It's so much more than that. Um, you know, we really care about so many people here and um, know so many people here, which is so amazing and you know he's been using seven mile and life trials especially this past year to sharpen and strengthen uh, me and remind me to fully rely on him and trust in him and his will even though it's hard and I'm just grateful God has led us to a church that seeks biblical truth and life is not about us but about Jesus and the gospel and it's just a great encouragement and reminder and a great way to live so thank you In 2 Corinthians, we read that we have this treasure, the treasure of the gospel, in jars of clay. This treasure of grace in jars of, of clay. This glory in these broken vessels. And as a church, we are seeking to just say, if you are willing to let this treasure be poured out into this jar of clay in deeper and deeper ways, we are willing to receive that together. So there's, there's no pretense. There are no rock stars in the life of this church. We do work hard. We do seek to believe the gospel together. But I hope that the great 
thing that you hear from a morning like this is not, wow, Jeremy, wow, Jess, wow, Sarah, but wow, the Father and the Son and the Spirit is at work in these broken lives to do something beautiful through them. Let's just pray that he continues to do that this year. Father, without you, we're, we're dead. But with you, all things are possible. You have become our great treasure. You are of surpassing worth. Nothing compares to you, your glory, your beauty, your justice, your faithfulness, your steadfast love, your mercy, and your grace. We make ourselves available to you. We will take whatever you have for us that you might conform us to the image of your son. We know that the biggest, boldest yes, yes, that we can give to you will result in our deepest joy. So I, I pray that this year, the folks who are a part of Seven Mile Road would say yes to your work and that you would grow us deeper in you and you would grow our number that more may join us to receive of this fountain of grace. We pray for this year to come, that there would be new birth, that there would be repentance, that there would be epiphanies, that there would be healing, that there would be maturity, that there would be a clear answer of obedience to all that you have commanded us, that we would walk by faith and not by sight, because we know you to be good and to be for us in all things. So hear our prayer. We rejoice in Margaret and Jeremy and Jess and Sarah and Levi and Suzanne, and I pray that you would fill this space with hundreds and hundreds of other men and women who would be able to stand and testify to the grace of God. Hear my prayer for that and answer.